You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning, America. Good morning, everyone from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We're looking at a beautiful day and want to welcome everybody to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And uh, we've got two people missing, uh, Steve and Jim. And I don't know what kind of trouble they're in, but I'm, I'm sure they're in some kind of trouble or the other, or they'd be here. But anyway, with that being said, uh, they are, uh, they're out today, and uh, we've got Mr. James Dunst in from uh, Florida. I wouldn't say taking two people's place, but certainly uh, taking the place of Steve and Jim this morning, and we appreciate James Dunst being here. He's with um, Performance and uh, Performance Oil and Performance Additives and Performance Everything, and uh, we're going to let James give his own introduction. By the way, I want to mention one quick thing before I turn it over to James for a little while, is that... uh, you know, business is still out there, and for you that are just joining us, you'll hear us hear this mentioned several times today, and that um, there's still business out there. James was just telling me that their business has been great, and uh, if you're in the auto business, be it uh, supplying parts, uh, transportation, whatever you might be in, there is still business out there, and the folks that advertise on this show are going to get that business. This is as simple as that. If your competitors aren't advertising and you are, guess who's going to get the business? You are. And we want to thank all of our advertisers that have been so loyal, and everybody's had to give and take a little bit, but that's okay, too. That's what America's all about. Uh, we came up with the saying, when going gets tough, Americans get going. And we believe very much in that, and we'll see it more and more as there is going to be a silver lining in all of this. There will be a silver lining. Things will come back, and they'll be stronger than ever. And with that being said, James, welcome to the Classic Car Show. You've been here before, and we're glad to have you back. Thank you, and good morning. Uh, You mentioned performance. I'm actually with Bell Performance. And to give you a little bit of history on Bell Performance, Bell Performance has been around for 110 years. I haven't been around that long, but the company's been around that long. And uh, they are the original producers and manufacturers of fuel additives. They uh, supplied Henry Ford with the first additive back in 1909 for the Model T. But they have a full line of of gasoline products to solve and prevent problems, and the same thing with diesel. Uh, And... uh, these products uh, have been really, really excellent. I'm one of these guys that, you know, in the past I looked at all uh, additives and things of snake oil, and it was a welcome uh, surprise when I went with this company 11 years ago and tested a lot of the products and find out, hey, these things really work. You know, what's your? Uh, I, I I want to give a testimony right quick because uh, you had sent me some and I used it, and um, it's uh, what I call ethanol. Uh, Ethanol defense. Defense. Okay, so I had gone through at that point, and this started last year, 
Uh, I had gone through at that point like a weed eater a year. And that was even after draining them and running them dry, I thought, and everything. But there was still enough ethanol evidently left that it would just eat up my weed eater. And uh, I put the ethanol defense in, and I could go to my house right now, pull my weed eater down, put a little gas in it, and it would start right up. And I tried it uh, a couple of weeks ago, started right up. That stuff is fantastic. Whether it's big engines or small engines, that ethanol defense is uh, good stuff. So there. Well, the, big, the biggest problem with the ethanol, ethanol is highly corrosive. And uh, the carburetors, especially on the small equipment, they're made of kind of aluminum pot metal. And that ethanol will actually dissolve the aluminum in the carburetor. And if you have equipment that sits for long periods of time with gas in the carburetor, uh, it can cause problems where, where, where it won't start or it'll start up and uh, that uh, corrosion will start moving around and it'll quit. But ethanol prevents that. You know, it picks up any water. Because water is a, a, a key thing when it comes to corrosion. And it picks up the water, suspends it so that it's passed through the system and, and burned in the cylinders. And the other thing is it has a lubricant in it that coats all the parts so they don't, they don't corrode. Uh, it's a great product. It is. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, we got to get started on this classic car show. And uh, we sort of came up with our... I did. You can blame, you can throw the rocks at me, not at James, but at me. And, and, uh, you know, I'll be leaving here about nine o'clock so you can be outside waiting for me. And no, it's going to be a fun show. And it all started with, as I was driving home the other night, I thought about uh, different stuff that's happened in my life. And I first took apart a, uh, Wisconsin 12 horsepower engine that my uncle had given me and I had no clue what I was doing and uh, as we as I got into it you know there were things that were tight particularly some of the head bolts and all and uh, a friend of mine and and I've always ever since I was 12 years old when I did that I think and uh, I've always loved tools and uh taking things apart and, and trying to put them back together again. And uh, there was a product back then, and I, I've never forgotten it, called Knocker Loose, K-N-O-C-K-E-R Loose. And uh, Knocker Loose came in a blue can. This was before WD-40. That's how old I am, or at least before I knew about WD-40. But this stuff, that's what it was for. It was a uh, penetrating, it wasn't an oil, but it was a, penetrating lubricant that uh, you could spray on a, on a nut or whatever and uh, bolt and nut and uh, just uh, give it a good little whack with a, a socket and uh, you know and, and, a, and, a, and a good uh, good reversible ratchet or, or uh, anything you know that and just and that would knock her loose. And I loved it. And I was thinking as I was driving along, you know, what other things has, you know, James has been in the business, like he said, more than two days. And uh, if there are other products besides the Bell Performance products uh, that he's used or tried or, you know, whatever anybody has. And if you've got something uh, that you remember that 
either you can't find or uh, isn't made anymore, give us a holler or uh, not give us a holler, but drop us an email and talk about it a little bit. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, as I said at the beginning, business. What is that, James? <coughs> you know, I use a different product. I use what's called PB Blaster, which has been around for many, many years. Uh, and it's a good penetrating oil. Well, there, there used to be a uh, uh, product called penetrating oil, as a matter of fact. And uh, I remember that was a, a can of stuff that uh, uh, I believe it came in a red can, if I'm, I may be wrong. But if you've got something out there that uh, uh, you used to use or you still use that uh, helps doing anything, whether it's uh, knocking a bolt off, a nut off a bolt or whatever it might be. And are a trick that you use, you know, besides the, um, you know, the cheating bar and all of that kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And like I said from the outset, business is out there. And the company that's advertising, particularly in this show, if you're in the car business, they're the ones that are going to get the business. The folks that have uh, dug in and buried their head. They're not going to get the business because there is business out there, and you got to tell people you're open and ready for their business. So back to uh, Bell Performance, James. Yeah, what I would like to do today, one of my functions at Bell Performance, uh, we have a website, and uh, there's a section called Ask the Mechanic, and that, that's me. And uh, I get questions from all over the world. And... There's some items that keep coming back over and over and over again, and I'd like to share those uh, with your listeners uh, because I'm sure that they've had the same questions now and then. And uh, the, the, the first one is I, I get these notes that I have water in my gas tank, and they're looking for some additive in that to take the water out of their gas tank. And uh, the, I keep hearing about uh, dry gas, and what dry gas is, it's kind of a... Uh, a misunderstood term because uh, it's not really dry. What it does is it's alcohol, and it combines with water and allows it to stay in suspension and pass it through the system. Uh, the, the problem with that is if you use an E10 gasoline these days, uh, it's 10% ethanol. If you have a 20-gallon gas tank, you've got two gallons of alcohol in the tank already. So adding additional alcohol is no way to do it. But the, the water in my gas uh, question that keeps coming across I can't remember one where they had water in their tank. It's always something else, and um, some technician or some mechanic says that, well, it's the ethanol, you got water in your tank, but it hardly ever is. Hmm. So uh, what do you recommend? Well, uh, <laughs> like I said, I would say 99% of the time they don't have water in their tank. And if they did... Uh, E10 gasoline, uh, ethanol gasoline, will hold two will hold two teaspoons of water per gallon in suspension. Wow. Usually, if you have any condensation, it's not going to be laying in the bottom of the tank. It's actually going to be in suspension. Uh, being a northerner like I was, uh, we used to add uh, uh, heat to the tank, and heat is just a little alcohol product. And what that used to do is it would combine with the water and make it uh, make it an antifreeze for the water. Hmm. And because the water and alcohol combine, it allows it to stay in suspension so that when you are running the car or the truck or whatever it is that you have, 
it will pass through the system and, and be burned in the cylinder. The, uh, the question that I liked was the one that you told me about um, uh, the other day was, it's running rough. And <laughs> I love that. That's sort of like when uh, in my ad agency, uh, somebody will say, well, I want blue. And that narrows it down to about 10 jillion colors of blue. Well, I'll know it when I see it. Oh, my God. That, that, that would put the fear into me. I'll know it when I see it. Well, where do you want to start? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, yeah, you know what's interesting, what you just said. That was an actual uh, question I get. I get these two-word questions. And, and this last one was, it, it just said, runs rough. <laughs> and there, there's a whole, whole lot of questions that need to be asked about something that runs rough. And if you have a, a 1989 or newer uh, vehicle, uh, it's got a management computer. You've got a computer in, in the car. And that computer has the ability to uh, monitor different systems on the engine. And if there's a problem, it'll store codes. And those codes are the uh, kind of the, the, the lead that tells you what direction you need to go to find the problem. Uh, it's not always the problem, but it gives you an area or a way to start. And there's two ways that that light comes on. That light will come on and go out if you have an intermittent problem. That just means that something happened when you were driving it, and now it's out, and and the problem is stopped. And there's another way, which is a heart fault, which is when the light stays on and continuously. That means you got a problem, and you got it there right now. And those are the easy ones to fix. But in in, in diagnosing a runs rough, question, <laughs> you would need to know the year, the make, the model, the mileage. Uh, if it has codes in the computer, if it's a if it's a car that has a computer system, so there's a lot more questions. And then I had another one yesterday. It says uh, runs rough at idle. Uh, that's all they said. Well, my question would be, well, how's it running when you're driving down the highway? And uh, usually, when I get that question, it, it runs fine. Well, if it runs rough at idle, usually what the problem is is usually a vacuum leak. You got all these vacuum hoses on the engine, and at an idle, uh, it would cause the uh, engine to miss and, and run rough. But it kind of disappears. Vacuum leaks disappear when you get into higher RPM. <laughs> uh, you know, the other part of it that I mentioned we were talking about was that uh, on the runs rough, well, does that mean it's the tires are out of alignment or you've got a, a low tire and, and it's the, a tire problem as opposed to an engine problem? Or if they don't identify, they just say runs rough, that could be a lot of things. Did I lose you? Did you? Yeah, hello, are you still yeah, there? I'm still here. Where'd you go? <laughs> okay. No, I'm on. A, you know, I'm on the cell phone. Sometimes it you get a, it, it goes in and out on the cell phone. But no, I'm still here. Uh, the second question that I get, and uh, I know you got a break coming up. We might want to save it until after the break. Uh, but it has to do with oil consumption. That that's the second most asked question that I get. And people, there's a lot of misunderstanding about that and a lot of technicians that don't really know the right things to do or the right things to say when it comes to oil consumption. Yeah, I can, uh, the first thing I, I do or did, used to when I drove older cars would be, uh, look under the car and see if there's an oil spot there. And, uh, that can consume a lot of stuff. 
as a matter of fact. So, uh, you know, it's uh, everything's relative, and the more information somebody gives, the better it is, you know. And uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Okay, by bits and pieces, we're back on America's Web Radio and uh, the Classic Car Show. And we've got uh, James Dunce on the other end in Florida. He's at the other end of the tin can, he's saying this morning. we got the string and the tin cans, and uh, evidently we haven't used enough uh, something on the string. But, uh, James, uh, do the best you can, and uh, we'll keep going. Sure, sure. Uh, before the break, we talked about, uh, you know, the second most asked question is oil consumption. And people, uh, uh, want to know why their vehicle uses oil. Well, there's two, there's two ways that you're going to use oil in a, in a car, in a vehicle. You're either going to leak it or you're going to burn it. Those are the only two ways, uh, that, that it's going to happen. And, uh, the, the, the rule of thumb is if you use a quart of oil in, let's say, 1500 miles, that's not really unusual. Uh, and there's a couple ways that the oil gets burned in the engine. You have valve seals, or you have oil that comes down the valves and uh, sits on top of the valve. And in the morning when you fire it up, you'll see a blue smoke. So that indicates you got valve seals that, that are going bad. That's an easy one to diagnose. The other one is piston rings. Um, you know, as the rings in the engine wear and, and so forth and lose their tension, eventually more of the oil that's in the uh, crankcase uh, and spray onto the cylinder walls ends up in the combustion chamber. And uh, the third way is if you have a turbocharger, if you, we're talking a newer vehicle with a turbocharger, turbochargers have oil that are pumped to them continuously all the time because there are no bearings. The, the center shaft actually floats on a, on a layer of oil, and there's seals on each end. And when those seals start to go bad or the shaft starts to wobble, that oil will run directly right into the uh, engine intake itself. And uh, that's an easy one to diagnose because you take off the discharge pipe into the into 
thick, and you can see oil right there. But those are usually the ways that they use oil. But the other question I get is, I've got a brand-new vehicle, and it's using oil, and it's only got 10,000 miles on it. Well, something was done about eight, nine years ago. Uh, the manufacturers were looking at uh, additional mileage. They were trying to get additional mileage. And the most friction, um, the, the area that has the highest friction in an engine is where the piston rings actually meet the cylinder walls. And what they did was they, they reduced the tension on those um, uh, piston rings. And the purpose was just to have less friction in order to get additional power and also to get additional mileage. But the downside is, the trade-off is, it's going to use some oil. And uh, I've had a number of them. They say, well, i got 1,500 miles on it. used to pour the oil. Well, in this case, and the newer vehicles, i got to say that that's normal. As long as it's not leaking. You know, that's the big question. Is it leaking? Uh, because a lot of people are consuming oil, and it turns out to be oil leaks themselves. You know, uh, many years ago, or not that many years ago, but I had a uh, brand-new Mercedes diesel. Um uh, 350, and uh, from the get-go, it was using oil, and the dealership kept telling me that I was crazy, and I admitted to that, but then the fact was I kept using oil, so I had them change the oil, we took off for Hilton Head, and we barely got down halfway to Hilton Head from Atlanta, and the oil light came on, so I just turned around, went back to the dealership and said, it's your car, you give me a loaner and let me know what you find out. And what had happened, and it was a manufacturer's fault, not it was Mercedes' fault, not my fault, not anybody's fault, but uh, when they manufactured the diesel engine, one of the rods was just a, what would you say, micron or, I mean, barely, barely off. But they found that was what it was causing it to use oil. And uh, I think it was $12,000 later, I had a brand-new engine. And, uh, you know, they were very nice about fixing it. That It was their fault. And uh, they were, you know, they found it and fixed it. So, But it took many trips back to the dealership saying, I shouldn't be using any oil in two or 3,000 miles or less. But that's what was causing it. Well, some, some engines, uh, I drive a 2000 Ford Ranger, and I'm 6,000 miles short of 400,000 miles. And it uses a quart in about 1,000 miles. But that's almost 400,000 miles. Yeah. So that, that's, I, I can, and plus, it's got some minor leaks, so I consider that exceptionally, exceptionally good. Sure. Uh, another area that I get questions, especially coming up this time of the year, is on the older cars, the classic cars, older cars, is a paper locking problem. And the, the question that they usually ask me is, is there an additive to prevent vapor locking, which there is no such thing. Vapor locking is caused by fuel boiling in the lines or in the carburetor and actually blocking the flow of fuel. And uh, with the ethanol in the gasoline, ethanol that evaporates quicker than gasoline. So the problem can be much worse with, with, uh, with ethanol gas. And usually... Uh, the, the symptoms that they'll give me is they'll say that, well, I went to the, the corner store, and when I, I parked for a few minutes, and when I came back out, my car wouldn't start. But if I leave it sit there for 20, 30 minutes, then it usually starts up. And that's because when you shut an engine off, 
if you watch your temperature gauge, the, the temperature actually rises because you no longer have circulation through the engine and uh, the heat under the hood uh, goes up. And at that point, it, it can be enough to cause the fuel to boil in the lines. Uh, what can you do on these older cars? Uh, some of the older ones, like the Ford Flatheads that have the uh, uh, fuel pump on top of the engine, that's pretty tough because uh, you, you get most of the heat there. In some cases there, I've had heard of people putting electric fuel pumps in to get away from that fuel pump uh, that's on the top of the engine. Uh, the other thing, if you have fuel lines, that are close to the exhaust manifolds. Uh, they make this asbestos tape. They use it on mufflers, stuff like that. You can wrap those lines to keep the uh, heat from uh, uh, heating up those lines. But uh, that's about all you can do. There is no such additive that prevents uh, vapor lock. And, uh, you know, some of the gasoline now is 15% ethanol, and that's even worse because you have more of it in there. And basically your only choice is leave that filling station and go to another one and find one that doesn't have the 15%. Is that about the size of it? James. Hello. Yeah, is that about the size of it? Do you go to yeah, a different I, yeah, filling you, you station? Yeah, you cut out there. Our connection isn't, isn't really good, but that, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I think it must be your cell phone and where you are, your your cell coverage or something, because on my end, I'm pushing all I can push, and uh, if it, if I go any louder, then we start clipping, and that's that just makes it sound really bad. But anyway, uh, that's about the, if you see that uh, it's 15%, about the only choice you have is to drive down the street and see if you can get it someplace else. So I think uh, I think you've gone out of the cell again. Yeah, totally disappeared there for a minute. Well, but uh, another area, uh, another area that I get a lot of questions on this time of the year have to do with the uh, cooling system maintenance. Uh, you know, I, I was the media spokesman for the Glidden Tour for a number of years. Uh, with the old classic cars, we used to go out every day and drive fifty miles or so uh, somewhere and back. And the number, the number one problem that we had was overheating problem. And the, the cooling systems in on those older cars was not as efficient as they are now, and it generated a lot of heat. But uh, some of the things that, that people ask me, well, what do I need to do on the cooling system? Well, what you have to keep in mind is antifreeze, as it starts to break down inside of a cooling system, it starts to develop acids. And those acids, if you don't, uh, plus the cooling system every once in a while will actually start to eat away at the inside of your cooling system. Uh, it'll eat the impellers off of the water pump. It'll eat the breeze plugs out. For some reason or other, it's always those back breeze plugs because the engines are usually at an angle. For some reason, it's always those back ones uh, that it eats out. But, uh, you know, up north, when I lived uh, from Wisconsin originally, what we used to do every year is we would drain it, flush the cooling system, put fresh antifreeze in. Well, now living down here in the south, uh, people ignore their cooling system because they don't really have to worry about uh, freeze-ups like they do up north. So that usually what happens is you've got very, very old uh, coolant that is high in acid. You can actually check this. Um, when you have acid and you have two different uh, metals with radiators different than the block, you add acid, you've got a battery. And what it'll do is it'll set up a current flow on the inside of the system and wherever that current travels, that's where it usually does the damage. 
So it needs to be. They, they need to be flushed out, even even down here in the south. Uh, another area that's ignored uh, the the radiator and heater hoses. They ask me. They say, "Well, how often do I need to change those?" And what you got to do here is you got to not pay a lot of attention to the way they look on the outside. When you get between fifty and seventy-five thousand miles on it, you need to just go ahead and replace them because, you know, when you overheat an engine now. Uh, the engines, uh, they have aluminum cylinder heads, cast iron blocks. If you overheat it one time, you can do major engine damage, uh, blowing head gaskets and warping the heads. So it's very, very important that you, you, you really take care of that cooling system. And it's something that uh, needs to be checked. I, we used to, this was, again, many years ago, back in the dark ages, um, when engines were engines and not electronic gizmos. Uh, you know, you check your, your, uh, the, the hoses by, by, you know, if it was mushy, then it needed to be changed. If you could squeeze it and, and it was mushy feeling, then, uh, the radiator hose, particularly the big one, needed to be changed. Is that still a rule of thumb? Yeah, actually, uh, sometimes if you squeeze the hoses, especially the radiator hoses, you'll actually feel a crunching. Uh, when you're, you're squeezing it, that's because you've got buildups on the inside, and sometimes the rubber is cracking on the inside of them. And and they definitely need to be changed. You know, I go back. I had an auto repair center here, and, and uh, we had a car come in and a customer, and and he was kind of a unruly guy. He was hard to deal with. And when I was working on his car, I noticed that his heater heater hoses were really crunchy and really need to be replaced. Radiator hoses, but I didn't tell him. He drives out Monday morning. He's sitting out there with a wrecker, and uh, <laughs> first thing he said was, "Do you guys not ever check anything?" He had a blown heater hose. So, so it's something that just needs. When you get between fifty and seventy-five thousand miles, you just need to change them because it could be a case of where you're saving the engine. And you know, I I used to get in the summertime. Number one problem was heat overheating, and that famous last words where I had to get to the next exit. <laughs> and by getting to the next exit, they overheated it enough to do damage to the engine. Yep, uh, been there, done that. Yep. Well, with that being said, we got to take our next break. We'll be back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. And we do appreciate you listening. One more time, uh, as we're coming out of this coronavirus crisis, um, more and more places are opening up, and there is business out there. And... Uh, America's Web Radio is a great place, not only for the classic car show and the car industry or our uh, parts industry, whatever portion of it that you're in, but also for just any business. And we particularly love our veterans, and we are a veteran. I am a veteran, and um, 
We have a lot of fantastic shows on. If you haven't checked us out, check out America's Web Radio. Look at uh, Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm with General Richard Dix. He is fantastic. And one of the only one of the only uh, generals that I know of that starts a radio show off by singing his own Jody. So it's a it's a fun show. It's great. We got a lot of medical shows on. Uh, Scott Barber does a wonderful job. He has Barber Orthopedics, and uh, again, I can uh, give him a testimony in that I blew my meniscus out of my right knee and. Uh, he was able to uh, do the repair without surgery, and uh, it feels fine now, and I appreciate Scott, and Scott will be not only on the doctor's lounge, but he will also be doing the Scott Barber Show, and uh, he has the most fantastic office, doctor's office I've ever been in, and it's called Everybody There Has a Smile on Their Face and Are Very Helpful, and they say... It's the barber way, and that's the way they do it. So uh, best of luck. want to wish all the mothers that happen to be listening a happy Mother's Day. Uh, us guys sometimes forget to appreciate not only our mothers, but our wives that are mothers. And uh, I want to wish all a happy Mother's Day tomorrow. And uh, God bless you. You all have a have a heck of a job that you do. So with that being said, back to James and Bell Performance and the classic car show. Well, it's funny you you, you mentioned the, the VA. I had uh, the last couple of days I had to take fuel samples at our two VA centers here in Orlando, and I had to go just about go through a physical to get in the gate. I mean, that's how, that's how strict they are uh, uh, on this coronavirus thing. Uh, they're being very, very careful on that, which is great. But uh, before, the other area that I wanted to talk about that always comes up this time of the year, and this is on newer vehicles, is AC problems. But before I do that, I'd like to just talk again about a couple of those Bell products. Uh, people, they, they always ask me, well, what do I need? You know, uh, I'm I'm sitting, having fuel uh, stored, and it's going to sit there for a year. What do I need to put in that fuel? to make sure it stays good. And then the question is, how long does fuel last? And fuel lasts depending on how it's stored. Fuel that's underground will last a long time because the temperature is constant. Fuel that's in an above-ground tank where it's being heated and cooled uh, by the sun, uh, that reduces the uh, the life of the fuel. But if you have if you have a, a fuel tank, and you know I know fuel is really cheap right now, and a lot of people are filling everything they can. We have all the farmers in this area are filling up everything they've got because the fuel is as cheap as it's ever going to be. And the question is, well, what do I have to put in there? Well, what you need to do is you need a fuel stabilizer. What stabilizers do is it changes fuel chemically so that it doesn't break down and deteriorate as quickly. Uh, and Bell Performance has, has a uh, stabilizer. Uh, the question on the, on the cars, what products should I use on the cars? Bell has two gas products. They have an ethanol defense and they have what they call Mixigel. Mexico has been around since 1927, and vehicles that have a sealed gas system, and most of the vehicles do now, uh, when you fill up your tank, you're actually venting all the air and humidity that's in the tank out, and once you close that cap, uh, it's not exposed to the outside. Mexico is the product you need for that. The ethanol defense has seven times the ability to deal with water, and areas where you need to use that, Especially on small equipment, weed whackers, chainsaws, lawnmowers, 
uh, sedus and snowmobiles and all of that. And because that's where all of the damage occurs in those carburetor systems. But, um, and then if you own a diesel, uh, a product of Bell has a product called Diesel, which has the ability to, uh, pick up any water. It also has the ability to keep the injectors clean, which is the biggest killer of mileage on a, on a diesel. Okay, uh, James, how about telling people where they can, uh, get all the Bell Performance products? Well, you know, we did not choose to, to uh, sell products at the local parts stores. It's very, very expensive to do that. And if you do that, you have to cheapen your product to make money. So what we were, we have a commercial grade uh, product set up, and we originally were dealing strictly with city, county, and government fleets. And it was the employees of those fleets that started using the products and realized this stuff works. But our main, our main way of uh, marketing this now is on the internet. Uh, you can order any of the products if you go to bellperformance.com. Uh, all those things that I'm talking about today, you'll find articles on there, uh, just about everything. But you can order those products. They ship quickly and comes right to your door. But bellperformance.com uh, or bellperformance.net is where you want to go to order them. And you want to order them today. This is a great day to do it, as a matter of fact, and uh, you'll have them probably by about Tuesday or Wednesday, somewhere in that neighborhood, I would guess. And uh, yeah, uh, your your engine won't run rough anymore. No, just we don't know whether it's your engine, your tires, or uh, just the way you drive. Maybe that's what's causing the car to run rough is the way you drive, hitting all those potholes. But anyway, order today and. Be happy next week. And, you know, what, what you just said a minute ago, uh, a lot of people, they they call me or they email me, and they say their engine isn't running white, and they're looking for that mechanic in a bottle that's going to solve the problem. And like you said, it's not always it's not always an additive that's going to do it. You have to do the proper diagnostics uh, to determine what your problem is, and it really is not anything... I mean, sometimes there is. I mean, sometimes depending on what the problem is. But in most cases, if you've got a, a poorly running engine, there's usually another problem, and an additive is probably not going to fix it. Well, this is this is why they're mechanics that know what they're doing. And there was a time that uh, I thought I knew what I was doing back when I was uh, 16, 17, and uh, had my 348 with three deuces on it. But even then, I found that, uh, you know, I would think that I was getting the timing just right, and uh, I love the timing light. That's, that was my favorite thing in the world was the timing light. That and set, setting my uh, three deuces. But beyond that, I had to go out and get help every now and then myself. And uh, I know some people that could say that it's running rough, and they're going over a road that's just been uh, worked on by the by the state and has those uh, waffles in it so who knows but take it to your local mechanic and and uh, you'll save time and money by going to someone that knows what they're doing as opposed to guessing at it or uh, or sending runs rough to james you know you mentioned timing uh on today's vehicles there's no timing adjustment to make it's actually done electronically right <laughs> Yeah, every you know every RPM as you increase RPM, 
people people ask a lot of times, and a lot of mechanics don't know the answer to this. You can quiz your local technician. Why do they advance timing? And uh, the majority of the technicians are not going to give you the right answer. Even some of the instructors that I trained were not giving me the right answer. Fuel burns at a constant rate. You can't speed up the the way fuel burns. You have to. You have it, it burns just as fast at uh, 500 RPMs as it does at 3,000 RPMs. So what you have to do is you have to give it more time to burn. And what they do is they advance the timing so they fire the the uh, cylinder prior just before top dead center, and they give it the amount of time that it needs to burn all the fuel. Well, but, uh, you can have a little bit of fun when you're talking with your local mechanic or technician, and just just ask them well, why why do they uh, why do they advance timing? You see, on the new vehicles, so the computer has a program in it. It knows that at 2,000 RPMs is supposed to have a certain amount of advance, so it it does that automatically. Uh, there's a uh, crankshaft position sensor on the front of the engine, and the computer uses that to know where number one cylinder is, and then it does everything according to that. Smarter than the average bear, huh? Oh, absolutely. But anyone who says that they don't build cars like they used to, and I'm, I'm thinking, thank God they don't build them like they used to, because you, know, you never used to get 400,000 miles on a vehicle like I'm getting on my truck right now. There's reasons for that. Sure. You know, and, and if you want to go back to the old days, well, there are plenty of old cars out there that you can buy and play with. And uh, that's called a classic car. And uh, like uh, Steve Ronaldo says, if it, if it doesn't have a running board, then it's a modern car. And a uh, few people might take exception to that. But, uh, you know, it's all in, in different strokes for different folks. If you want to, you know, I, I haven't had the time or the money, particularly the money, to get into the classic car hobby and be able to play with it, uh, that that requires time. So between money and time, it's just not something that I can do. But uh, I still, I used to love getting my hands dirty and working on it. And you couldn't be, uh, just like you uh, did a motorcycle not too long ago, James, and the, the pride you must have had when that sucker started up and, and you were able to ride it had to be great. Uh, <laughs> I rode it down the street and parked it. <laughs> well, and then sold it. But anyway, whatever. And uh, but that that's that's the fun. I, I uh, people that can't use their hands and never have been able to or whatever are missing out. You know, I must say, uh, uh, it, it's just too much fun to to do stuff and and uh, it's. Uh, I, I envy the uh, folks, well, like Steve. Steve does all of his stuff, and uh, he has the time. He's retired and uh, can do it, and that's, uh, you know, that's fantastic, and he knows what he's doing, so he doesn't have to uh, scratch his ball spot too often uh, to figure it out. Um, anyway, we're, uh, we're glad to have you listening in. We've got to uh, take a break here in just a second, and... Uh, want you to continue to listen and remember that uh, there is business out there and if you've got a business that uh, you want people to know you're open and open and going be it uh, like um, Bell Performance they're doing everything over the internet so their sales are going 
you can sell too on America's Web Radio. And uh, give us a try. Give us a holler. We'll talk a deal. And uh, you can be on the Classic Car Show. And when you're on the Classic Car Show, you're in a number of other shows as well. So give us a call. Let's talk about it and uh, see if you can become part of the uh, America's Web Radio family. We touch... We have a super big audience for the Classic Car Show in Australia. So if you've got a business you want to ship overseas as well as in, within the United States, give us a holler. We also have a big audience in uh, the UK, and uh, they don't they they speak a funny form of English, by the way, but we can understand them. But uh, anyway, give us a call and uh, let's talk about it and. At the same time, look at our shows. We uh, we have started our own FBI investigation with our agent in charge, uh, Sandy Bostic, who was with Homeland Sec- was he was with the FBI and then uh, with Homeland Security. And uh, this Flynn thing is gonna get uh, gonna get legs and no telling where it's gonna walk. So uh, we have agent in charge. We do the only land surveying show. We do Doctor's Lounge, that where doctors talk about what doctors are talking about in their lounges. And uh, we have so many great, unique shows. We're the only radio station with our own Kung Fu master. And uh, Deru is absolutely fantastic. Uh, he's on on Fridays, and uh, he leads us in meditation. So... Tune in to America's Web Radio. You'll be glad you did. Now let's hear from Steve right quick. Hi, my name is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about anti-car insurance. Uh, in this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic classic antique or even your street ride, call J.C. Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. And we really want you to do that. Call J.C. Taylor. They are super. Uh, they have given. So many folks satisfaction when they've had problems, and um, they do business the old-fashioned way. And the old-fashioned way is, if Bob Wallace, well, we can't shake hands now. We, if Bob Wallace bumped elbows with me, I know he'd be good for it. And if, uh, if and when we get back to shaking hands, I would say Bob Wallace is one of those that he's the president of J.C. Taylor, and um, he's one of those that if he gives you his hand and you shake hands, you can rest assured it's a done deal, and he will honor whatever you all have agreed on any and every time and everywhere, no questions asked. And uh, J.C. Taylor Insurance is the best, just like... Bell Performance is the best in additives. J.C. Taylor Insurance is the best in insurance. So with that said, we've got about about 10 minutes to go on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And don't forget, folks, there is business out there. 
So let people know you're alive and well on America's Web Radio, and we'll get that business for you. Back to you, James. Well, there were two other areas, so I'm going to have to talk fast here because I don't want to get them both in. Uh, this, this question has to do with fuel mileage, and I get that all the time. Somebody will text me, but I'm getting eight miles to the gallon, and I'm thinking, <laughs> getting eight miles to the gallon. you got gasoline running out of the back somewhere. But uh, there's a number of different factors, and it, uh, I laugh at some of the ways that they describe it. They'll say that, well, uh, my last tank of gas, I was able to go to work three and a half times, and now I can only go three times. And that's how they judge their mileage. The other thing is they, they see those EPA mileage ratings, and um, they're very confused about that because, well, the EPA says I'm supposed to get 20 miles uh, in the city and 25 miles on the road driving, and I'm not getting that. Well, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. First of all, uh, the EPA, when they do those tests, and I've been to the Ann Arbor test lab and actually done them, and what they do is they do them on a dyno. And the biggest thing missing is, is the air load on the front of the, the vehicle. You don't have any wind load on it. So the, the ratings that they're going to give is going to be much higher than what you're actually going to get on the road. But there's a whole bunch of things that affect mileage. Um, city driving will affect mileage. Uh, maybe this week all the lights were... were Red and last week they were all green, so you weren't idling as much. Speed that you're driving, uh, 55 to 75. If you go from 55 to 75, it increases consumption by 20 percent. Uh, the wrong fuel. If you have a premium fuel engine and you're putting regular in it, that's going to cause you fuel mileage problems, especially on the new vehicles because the the uh, computer is going to detect spark knock and it's going to retard your spark. And with that, your power goes down and your mileage goes down. If you have the windows down, that causes a drag on the uh, on the vehicle. If the AC is running, and the next one, the next item is the most common one: uh, low tire pressure. They say it is the single biggest factor in, in saving mileage is to have the right tire pressures. And when I worked for AAA, we used to do uh, tests around the country during National Car Care Month. And we would inspect uh, the things, and one of the items was tire pressure. Eighty percent of the cars that went through that line had one or more tires low on air. So it's a big problem. Uh, dirty air filters causes a problem. Outside air temperature. The hotter the air, the farther apart the molecules are. If you ever drive it in the cold or the wintertime or the e evening when it's cool, it seems to run better. It's because cooler air has more oxygen in it. So there's a whole bunch of different factors there that affect mileage. And in most cases, if you do an accurate mileage test, usually it turn out to be good. Uh, I was a parts and service director for Lincoln Mercury a number of years ago. When I took the job, there were 14 mileage complaints. And when we did the actual testing on it, not one of them had a mileage problem. It was the way that they understood that uh, you get mileage. The other area has to do with the AC system. We're coming to the time of the year that you know, people are going to run the AC a lot on their, on their vehicles. And one of the biggest problems I see here, uh, people think that if their AC is not blowing cold air, then it's Freon. And Freon is not always the problem. It can be the problem. But in most cases, uh, or in a lot of other cases, and that it's something else. Uh, you can have a case where you have sensors that are bad or the compressor is not running when it's supposed to and so forth. But here, here's the danger part. You know, you go to the parts store and they sell these recharge kits, and uh, those things scare me because uh, every AC system has a certain amount of freon, and they're going to say pounds and ounces. 
And what you got to be careful of is if you overcharge that, you're putting liquid freon into the compressor and you break your compressor. And with these your recharge kits, if you have, let's say you have an AC problem that's not low freon, but you think it is, you go ahead and you add freon to it, you overcharge it, you just did some major damage. And if you break the compressor, those metal parts are going to be all through the AC system. It's going to be a very expensive repair. Uh, on the classic cars, the older cars, they use a, a what's called Freon 12, which now, if you can find it, it's about $150 a pound. Very expensive. 134A is what you normally see now. And you can change the old classic cars over to it, but you have to change the oil in the compressor when you do that. So you got to use the correct James, let me ask you something. Uh, when I was in uh, Paris, uh, we had a driver that uh, every time he came to a stoplight, he shut his car off. And I kept thinking, I was always told that uh, the worst thing the, the car uses or the engine uses more gas when you start it than it does if you just leave it idling for a little while. And um, this guy, uh, I asked him why you did it, and he said to uh, save gas, save gas. And, you know, we'd come to a stoplight every time he turned around, and he was shutting the engine off and restarting it. What uh, is there any logic in that? Well, you know, there are, there are some vehicles that actually do that. They do it automatically. When you come to a stop, the engine cuts off. When you step on the accelerator, it starts up again and drive away. Uh, yeah, there is some logic to it. Uh, I don't like the idea of it pressing in the summertime because the heat under the hood is going to go so high. But uh, they do do that. You had some of the old golf carts, probably Davidson golf carts when they were making them. They had something like that where you, you let off on the accelerator, it stops. You step on the accelerator, and the engine starts back up again. Which is interesting. Yeah, that uh, is. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And, you know, I thought you were going to say something else. You know, if you idle a vehicle for long periods of time, I do that, uh, especially here because I want to keep it cool inside because I'm working outside and it's hot, is raise the hood. Raise the hood and let that heat out from underneath the uh, from underneath the hood because when, when you, the heat, heat is in there, the uh, resistance, the pressures go higher in the AC system and it's harder to turn them. Normally, it takes about 10 horsepower to turn an AC compressor, and it would go up from there. Uh, you have a, a maximum cooling setting on the inside of your vehicle. Uh, what that does, what that means, uh, on maximum cooling, you're recycling the same air inside the vehicle. See, in order for an AC to cool, you got to remove the humidity first. And once the humidity is removed, uh, it, it cools very well. And by having it in the maximum position, it allows that to happen. Uh, the other positions, they usually bring in fresh air. You'll notice that the AC is not quite as cool because it's bringing in that fresh air, and along with it, it's humidity, and it's got to get rid of that before it can actually do an efficient job of cooling. There, uh, you know, uh, probably there's a lot of this information in that uh, book that comes with the car, you think? Yeah. <laughs> And but how many people have ever read it? They they don't read. Most people don't read those books. They they bring that book out when they got a problem, and they don't read it in advance. And I'm just as guilty of that. Well, I guess we all are in in reality, but uh, you know, that happens. That happens. Um, you know, it, uh, 
It's just one of those things, I suppose. Um, but at any rate, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's interesting what people. I I keep coming back and thinking about uh, it's running rough. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's running rough. But anyway, um, we're going to have to get out of here pretty quick. You've been listening to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We appreciate you tuning in and invite you to uh, listen to more of our shows. And uh, we're we're easily found on YouTube and uh, on iTunes. And this show will be posted uh, Monday on both iTunes and uh, is already up on uh, YouTube, the, the audio version. And um, it'll be posted on our website on Monday. This is another reason that you get more bang for your buck here at America's Web Radio and that once we've done a show, it's archived. And then people, <laughs> I'm amazed, just like Running Rock, we'll get uh, comments uh, on shows that are two and three years old. And uh, people listen to them when they want to listen to them, not when... Uh, well, not necessarily when they're on the air, but you never know. So we appreciate all of our listeners. We appreciate all of our sponsors. And once again, happy Mother's Day to all of you wonderful mothers out there. You mean everything to your kids and everything to your husband. And we uh, we respect the job that you do as mothers, and particularly right now as schools are closed, I guess, James, across the nation, right? Uh, as everything's closed and moms are taking care of their kids and doing a heck of a job of doing it. And uh, we appreciate moms. We appreciate everybody and everything. And we look forward to, uh, as soon as we can all get together again, uh, Mr. Weber is a bit reluctant on coming in. And uh, uh, I think, uh, I believe... uh, Steve had to be out of town today, so with that, we're going to bail out of here, and thank you all for listening one more time, and uh, have a good weekend, be safe, and if you can, hug that mother, and uh, we'll see you next week on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. James, thanks for taking your time to fill in, and... uh, Thank you. If I could just give uh, the listeners, if they have a question, if they have a mechanical question, if they go to bellperformance.com, go to the Ask the Mechanic section, I'd be happy to answer their questions for them. I have a great background in classic cars all the way back to the the, uh, teens uh, in uh, 1905. So if they have any questions like that, I can definitely uh, give them some answers. All righty. With that being said, we're going to put the plug in the jug and move on. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.